Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Tonight, the Padres are out in Colorado for their first of three against the Rockies. And here in studio, we've got Mike Janella ready to talk baseball and beg for some sustenance. If anyone ever wants to bring food or drink to the set, you're more than welcome, whether you're on the show or not. That's right. We'll we take are anything. Happy. We'll take anything. Alongside Mike, it's Bob Scanlon, who's actually more excited about being alongside Bill. I just got to say, it is such an honor to be on the set with Bill Center. Huge fan of his writing all his time. And rounding out the crew, it is the aforementioned Bill Center, who's distinguished for so many different reasons. I am one of the few sports writers still living who's a hunt and peck typer. You're a two-finger typer. I'm a two-finger typer. <laughs> that is a, the last of a brief. Right, but he gets it done. For sure. Now, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the Western Metal Supply Company building, it's Padre Social Hour with your hosts, Mike Janella, Bob Scanlon, and Bill Center. Happy Friday. Welcome to Padre Social Hour here in the AMR studio at Petco Park. We had such a good time with the first ever pairing of Bob and Bill. We brought you We're guys back. back. Yeah. We're and back. You and you good dressed, to be back. And you right. dressed for the occasion. He got the memo. I'm glad he yeah. got right. the memo. What happened? You guys. Come on, Mike. I'm in this separate Blue shirts. seat. Let's I have to go. look a little bit different than you guys. You looked dapper. Oh, you look different. You don't have to. I thought this was a team effort, <laughs> wasn't right. it, Bill? Right. Exactly. We're all about a team here. Can I get some knuckles from you? Thanks, man. Yeah, with your matching sky blue shirts, looking very good. We've got a lot to talk about today, too, and a lot of guests as well. So yeah. I'm glad that you guys did bring the fashion A game. Uh, there was a little bit of, a, of an MLB draft that happened yesterday and today. Draft? No. Did you know something? Yeah. No. Dra Don't know if you guys really? heard about oh, that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Padres are also the big league Padres. Everyone in the last 24 hours has been talking about these 17 to 21-year-olds that may be uh, big impact guys later down the road. There's a bunch of guys, 25 of them, in uniform at Coors Field tonight, and we'll get into that game as well as the Rockies and Padres will get going at 5.40 p.m. But here's what we got on tap for us today. Cal Quantrill the Padres' top draft pick. I caught up with him last night. We had him Skype in, and we talked to him right after he was picked. So we're going to have that interview for you here in just a little bit. The kid's amazing. I mean, a great personality already. You're going to love him, so stay tuned for that. We're also uh, planning on having the Padres' managing partner, Peter Seidler, stopping by, talking about the draft and how that fits in with the bigger franchise picture. And also the director of amateur scouting, Mark Connor's going to be here. So we've got a lot of people coming by to talk about what's been a very exciting last be day a lot of shuffling so. on this right. couch today, Bill. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. Hope you guys are nimble. Hope uh, the footwear is comfortable to get you, <laughs> get you moving around. Uh, join the conversation at any point using hashtag PadresSH. You can also happen to or go onto the chat that's happening live at Padres.com slash social hour. Um, right out of the gate. Well, not right out of the gate. I'm going to put you guys in the hot seat here in just a little bit. But first, Bob, I want to talk to you. We were talking to Randy Jones yesterday about his draft memories and you were drafted a bit more recently, more into the modern times than Randy was. What was it like for you when you're watching these kids get picked last night? Obviously, it's a much bigger spectacle now than it was even in your playing days, but take us back in the time machine. What was it like for you? You know, it's such an exciting moment because you, it's no secret. It's leading up to it. It's everything that you want to do your entire life is to play professional baseball, right? And here's finally this opportunity where you may get drafted. Your friends know about it. Your family knows about it. Everybody you know is asking you about it. The anticipation is high. And you know, there's a certain expectation. And I think a lot of pressure starts get putting on kids, whether it's the right thing for them to go and play professionally or, or to, to go college. to college. Right. Exactly. And, and I, it brings back so many memories for me. I had a full-ride scholarship to UCLA that I passed on because I got drafted by the Phillies. Now, I had no intention of signing that day. I thought the Brewers were going to draft me. I had no intention of signing. I, I was locked in going to UCLA. And then all of a sudden, the Phillies drafted me, who had a great reputation at that time for developing players. And so even though it was, it was further down as a 25th round draft pick <laughs> than I expected. <laughs> you bit. 
I bit because of the opportunity to be with an organization that I knew I was going to get excellent training from. So I'm, I'm going through the same thing right now. My godson is uh, coming out of high school. He's in the draft. He's been out here working out at Petco. So, uh, hey, Will, if you're out there, we're thinking about you. Good luck. I hope the Padres pick you up. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's an interesting time for, for these young, young men, high school and college. Was he one of the guys in the field on uh, Thursday working out? He was. At? Yeah, oh, he's, okay. he's out here this, or this Wednesday. last week. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So, uh, but it's such an exciting time for families. You've been around it, Bill. I mean, you've, you've seen oh, yeah, – I've been yeah. to a, a lot of homes on draft right. day. Yeah. yeah. And it's exciting. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I got drafted once, or I got a draft notice. Is that right? Department of Defense. Nice. And you, and you <laughs> served, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. appreciate your service. Right. Too. I did. <laughs> well done. Yeah, talk about a team that's been around for a while and has a reputation yeah, exactly. for developing young men. Yeah. Right. Um, good in that green uniform. Too, yeah. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's take uh, a look now specifically at some of the guys that uh, were drafted last night by the Padres. And now I'm going to put you guys in the Cholula hot seat. And the question I want to ask you is, uh, focusing more on the guys yesterday, because those were the headliners, that was the big primetime TV event and everything, of those five picks yesterday the Padres had, which one was your favorite? Who do you like the most? Do you have a favorite? Uh, I do. I really uh, – and, and their draft was a little bit different. It, it didn't was. go by form. And, I mean, taking uh, the, the pitcher coming off Tommy John with the first – I like the third pick, the pitcher from Kent State with the 0.69 ERA, who looks to be the guy that will move fastest in this draft toward the major league. In fact, he was talking yesterday. He hopes to be here by the end of next season. Eric Lauer, this is. Er yes, Eric Lauer. And I was, I was very intrigued not only by the draft pick, by his credentials, but also the way he talked about he wants to get out and pitch. He wants to move fast, uh, just very confident, and I like confidence. You know, it's great watching him in this, this highlight right here because what you see is he repeats his delivery. That's something that all the scouts are looking for. He's right. consistent on all of his pitches. He has four pitches, as you mentioned, Bill, that are ready right now that will allow him probably, as you said, to get him to the big leagues as quickly as anybody that, that we've seen in the draft. So he's certainly an interesting guy. And I think that's very important for this team in this draft is to have somebody move quickly. Well, you need some parts up there. There's right. no question about yes. it. And, and the other part about it, I, the, for me, the guy that was most interesting was Buddy Reed, the number four pick, the guy right after him. Right. That outfielder standing there at six foot four, and he has tools that you just can't teach. He's got the 70 plus speed. He's got a 60 arm. Uh, that's out of an eight rating scale for the 80 rating scale for the people at home that may not know how the, the scouting system yeah, works. 20, in other words, 20 to 80. That's guy, your range. Guy can flat yeah. out fly. He's got a great arm. He's a switch hitter. He's shown power at times. Now, in watching his videos, he's got some things that he needs to work work on in his swing. There's no question about it. But that that's where the the art and the skill of scouting comes in. Hey, anybody can go out there and watch a guy throw a 95 on the radar gun and say, hey, this guy can throw. Right. Or you look at somebody's stats and you see, okay, he hit 350 in, in, at D1 college and hit 17 home runs. Okay, that's easy. But this is the kid who, look, we can do some things with him. We can fix him. We can get the swing down better. We can make him more aggressive at the plate. I think there's a lot of upside for this young man. He could be a real dynamic player if they get that swing I, going. I agree with you. You know what yesterday stuck out for me? is when A.J. Preller came in the room, the, the media room after the draft to talk about it, and he had a bounce in his step. <laughs> and a couple things. One, e even if they become club presidents and general managers, a guy who started in the game picking players, picking talent, yep. will always forever be a scout. 
And you could tell that he felt they had a really good day. That's their highlight. That is what right. these guys live for, isn't that it? That is right. I mean, he they, called it Christmas morning it is, for it a is. guy like yeah. him right. That's what those guys do for 364 days of the year to get to that, that draft. Right. Game. Buddy Reed, by the way, 24 steals in just 60 games in Florida this year. That's some tantalizing speed. And you can work on the rest of the stuff, like you say. Right. Uh, for me, my favorite pick yesterday was Reggie Lawson, the guy who was taken fifth in the last pick for the Padres yesterday. He's a guy, he, he was shut down a little bit early in spring this year. He's a high school pitcher uh, because of an oblique injury, I yep. think they said. Right. But this was a guy that was maybe a first-round talent and that maybe with some of the, the quote-unquote underslot uh, allotment of the Padres bonus pool, they could have got him for with a little bit of an extra splurge. I mean, 6'4", with the stuff he had, and there's also some talk that his high school coaches were altering his delivery, and that maybe affected him a little bit more, got his velo down. If the Padres can get him to back to where he was with that kind of a body frame coming out of high school, I mean, the dra- it's all gambles. It's all a crapshoot, sure. no matter how well you scout and yep. how well you think you have these guys marked out. Yep. And you want to take a chance, you take a chance on a kid who's 6'4 that has that kind of stuff. So for me, that's the most exciting pick. Well, they took a couple chances. Quantrill's a chance coming off of Tommy John. He projected to maybe be the top pick in this draft before he got hurt in uh, March of uh, 2015. And then the the, the 17-year-old kid they took at shortstop, youngest player taken yesterday. I mean, this is is a player. They, They took Sanchez. In what basically was his junior year, he's a year younger than all the players, all the seniors in high school. Yeah, I think there, there's a theme in the first six picks, at least, where you got two guys that are coming off Tommy John. Uh, we've got a guy that's coming off a subpar season, the kid that you're talking about yeah, that right. was hurt. So in, in, in a sense, the Padres really went for a lot of value plays, guys that were probably undervalued, because when you go back and you look at the preseason draft predictions, every one of these guys was picked to be higher than they were. So there's still the thought that, hey, they didn't perform maybe as well as they did. Maybe they had the injuries, but there's still a lot of upside in these right. guys. And the Padres found themselves with a lot of extra money that they didn't anticipate coming into draft day because of some other signings that took place, which is always interesting, the, the politics that go around in the background. So they worked able to make some of those leverage uh, dollar plays further on down the line, like you mentioned, Mike. And today they took some guys who were higher than the slots they, they were drafted in. So that means yep. they've got some, they have some value to play with. Right. All right. Uh, keep this in mind as we head to break. Uh, I tweeted this out earlier as we're talking about, you know, our takes and everyone has their analysis from the draft yesterday. I found a, a, a writing about uh, the 2010 draft. Chris Sale being drafted at 13 says he was not the number 13 pick. He has an arm slot that needs fixing. This one was a whiff. <laughs> He's now one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Right, so as much as we talk, we just don't we well, don't know. Bleacher Report, right? That was, yeah. And they had good ones, too. I'm not going right. to single them out. But none of us but know that's, 100%. That's the right. crazy thing about the baseball draft more than any other draft, right? Right. I mean, you get yeah. guys out of college basketball, they go to the NBA. College football, they go to the NFL. College uh, yeah. baseball. You're lucky if it's three or four seasons before they're doing something. Check you back in do. in a few years. Yeah. Uh, one guy we did check in with, though, was Cal Quantrill, and we have him coming up right after this. But, guys, good job on the Cholula Hot Seat, by the way. Uncapped real flavor with Cholula Hot Sauce, the hot sauce with the iconic wooden cap, and the official hot sauce of the San Diego Padres. You guys are going to love this kid. He's awesome. You'll hear from him. He's the Padres' number one draft pick, Cal Quantrill, coming back right after this. Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour. Welcome back to Padres Social Hour, and we have now with us the Padres' first pick of this year's draft, the number eight overall pick, the right-hander from Stanford, Cal Quantrill. Cal, welcome to Padres Social Hour. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. 
Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, first of all, congratulations. You are a first-round Major League Baseball draft pick. Obviously, I'm sure a dream come true. It's the most cliche question I can ask you, but how does it feel? I don't even know. It's like a relief. It's exciting. It's, uh, it feels like I've been working for the same thing for 10 years now, and it, it finally turned out. Um, and I, I couldn't be happier to be a Padre. I, it's probably the number one choice I had. It's, I think it's a Class A organization, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. Uh, what made it such a top choice for you? What made it so such an exciting proposition for you to end up in this organization? It's San Diego, man. Step outside. <laughs> <laughs> you don't got to convince me, man. <laughs> I grew up in uh, just outside Toronto, so it'll be nice to play catch, you know, other than two months of the year. Yeah, that's, you know, I'm sure that's very appealing uh, to you, uh, for sure. Uh, two things people know about you, I'm sure, uh, just after all the coverage you've gotten from the pick, coming back from the Tommy John surgery and the son of Paul Quantrill. So let's talk about the first one because you didn't pitch this year for Stanford at all. You had three starts last year. First things first, how's the arm feel? Arm feels great. Uh, absolutely no concerns there. Uh, no one should be worried. I'm 100%. I'm ready to go. Uh, the moment they send me wherever they're going to send me, I'm hopefully going to be pitching. Yeah, what do you think? Maybe this is some sort of a benefit for you, maybe, that you were able to keep some miles off the tires a little bit the last two years? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to tell you that I enjoyed sitting on the bench because I <laughs> certainly did not. Um, but I will say that uh, it's given me a chance to, to fix some things uh, that I didn't think I was doing right before. And um, I'm 100% a better pitcher than I was before. Uh, I'm throwing harder, throwing more strikes, bigger, stronger, everything. So um, never going to be a pro, you know, happy I got TJ guy, but. I got it. It's done. It's over. And uh, I'm excited for this next chapter. So we do have uh, it's Padre's social hour. We get some tweets in from fans all the time. And we do have one fan who has a question for you similarly along these lines. I think you've already alluded to what your answer is going to be. But uh, Sackbun Chris uh, says, hey, Cal, how close are you to being ready to pitch in game? So when are you just ready to go if they sent you somewhere tomorrow? Yeah. Um, so I've been along the same rehab program the whole time. There was no setbacks. There was nothing. Um, so hopefully I'll show up wherever they send me and get a couple live bullpens in. Uh, and then after that, we'll reassess and I should be ready to go. So um, I'm hoping and, you know, don't quote me on this. I'm not the trainer, but I'm hoping, you know, within June, I'm, I'm pitching in games. I, I know I'm ready for it. Um, I just got to prove, I guess, to, you know, a couple coaches and trainers that I am as well. That's great. Well, the first person that has to be convinced is you, and it sounds like you already are. So that's, that's great to hear. The other thing, uh, your dad, obviously, Paul Quantrill, 14 years in the big leagues, including one here in San Diego. Uh, do you have any memories of him being here in San Diego, Petco Park at all? What was that like for you growing up as the son of a big leaguer? Yeah, I mean, the growing up as a son of a big leaguer thing, uh, I get this question a lot. I will say this. There's just nothing that compares to living that lifestyle. Um, I'm certainly, I wouldn't be the player I am today without him. Uh, unfortunately, we were only in San Diego for a real short period of time. I don't remember a ton. I remember I learned how to juggle uh, in San Diego. <laughs> and I remember Khalil Green because I thought he just like was the definition of the San Diego culture. He had that long blonde hair. He's playing shortstop. Um, but I, I don't remember much. I'm, I'm looking forward. I have a couple of really close friends uh, from San Diego. I'm looking forward to getting out there and, and checking out Petco and, and checking out the place. I mean, I've heard nothing but good things. Uh, we can tell you. We don't have anything but good things to say as well. Maybe you can work on uh, some, some frosted tips or something once yeah, you get I'll out of here. Yeah, I'll let it come out <laughs> and get the hockey <laughs> hair going. 
Uh, for people that do remember your dad, though, uh, how do you, you know, are you, how different of a pitcher are you? Obviously, a lot of times, uh, you know, when fathers and sons end up in the same profession, especially here in the big leagues, sometimes they're similar, sometimes they're different. For those who maybe only think of you with the family name, how are you different? Um, well, I mean, if you remember my dad, I think you'll remember the way he throws is similar to the way I throw. We do a couple things different, though. Um, number one, I'm way bigger and stronger, so I certainly throw <laughs> harder. Um, <laughs> He must have fed you well when you were a kid, made you eat your vegetables. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think I throw a little harder. Uh, he might have had a little more sink, but um, I've got a changeup, uh, a slider, and a curveball, and, and hopefully I can, I can stick as a starter. And, I mean, I'm confident I'm going to stick as a starter. So um, we do a lot of things the same. I certainly wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without, you know, the last 21 years of coaching, I suppose, I've gotten from him. But, uh, yeah, I think you can expect a lot of the same thing, a lot of strikes, um, not afraid of contact, and hopefully make him swing and miss. Now, you get to the Padres at 8, but when you were a freshman, you were a Friday guy, a Friday starter at Stanford, which is nothing to sneeze at as a freshman. A lot of people saying you were potentially a number one pick after that year. Do you still feel like you have that kind of pedigree that the Padres uh, maybe got a star in the making when a lot of other teams maybe overlooked you because of the, the TJ? Yeah, I mean, l listen, I mean, the injury, <laughs> it's people are going to say what they want and, and they're going to do that. Um, if I wouldn't have got hurt, I think that the Padres wouldn't have had me. So uh, that's the way I look at it. Um, I'm not here to prove anyone wrong. I'm just excited to be a Padre and pr prove the Padres right. So um, I know I'm ready. I know what I'm capable of. And, and I think that I showed you a glimpse of it freshman year. But uh, it's really, it's just, it's a complete new package. It's better than it was. All right, now off the field, and we'll let you get back here because you got that, uh, I'm sure you're celebrating tonight uh, being drafted in that first round uh personally what kind of person are you with Padres fans that are hoping to get on your bandwagon and follow your progression throughout the early part of your career uh tell us a little bit about yourself away from the mound uh, I think I'm a pretty easygoing guy pretty normal <laughs> I don't think I'm too hard to approach uh worked real hard in school I think there's a ton of value in education and I was excited to go to Stanford um I suppose you could call me an east coast guy I'm from the eastern side of, of Canada but uh, I came out to the West Coast, and I love it, and I don't think you're going to make me leave. So um, <laughs> I'm just – I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to get there, to meet the fans, to be a part of this team. I think it's got a really bright future, and, and I really want to be a part of it. Last question for you, Cal. What's the first thing you're going to buy once you sign that big league contract? Food. I'm starving right now. I might go to Chipotle <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh, that's great. What's your, what's your go-to order? we got to know. Oh, definitely. Just uh, you got to get the bowl, the dressing that they normally give with the salad. You get it with the bowl, and then you just put as much stuff as they'll let you put in the one bowl. That's great. Already a, a big league sensibility, trying to get as much bang for your buck as you can. <laughs> Cal, we're looking forward to hopefully having you here on set down the road when you're here playing in Petco Park. Congratulations again, and best of luck on getting back on the mound as soon as possible. Thanks. I appreciate it. All right. That's Cal Quantrill, the Padres' first pick here in 2016, and we thank him for taking the time on what's a very busy day for him, uh, for sure. And again, best of luck to him. All fans in attendance on Saturday, June 18th for the 7-10 game against the Nationals will receive a blue Padres fedora presented by National University. Plus, stay after the game for an all-star game-themed fireworks show. Get your tickets today at Padres.com. We will be back with more Padres Social Hour. Don't go far. You want to talk Padres? Lucky for you, we're doing exactly that. This is Padre Social Hour from the AMR studio inside Petco Park. Welcome back. We're here in the AMR studio like you've just heard at Petco Park, but we're taking a look 
at Coors Field. It's live there in Denver. That's where the Padres are starting their three-game series tonight. Then they're back home again. It's a little, it's a little quick one. You know, check getaway. back in five minutes. All those screens will be lying down on the ground. A thunderstorm will have come in. It'll right. rain. <laughs> it'll blow. And the temperature will have dropped 40 degrees. And it'll be exactly. beautiful again by game time. Yeah. Beautiful and hey, as long as by, that's going to be an important thing. <laughs> by game time. Yeah. Right. That's what matters. I mean, that's the one place. And you can look out towards the uh, over left field. And yeah. you can see the weather coming. Yeah, and exactly. Here it comes. Here it is. So I mean, great. here comes a storm. Um, so that we're going to talk about that game in a little bit. But quick, any takeaways from that, uh, the Cal Quantrill talk? I just love the... He's got that confidence, that, uh, that self-assurance that a high school kid doesn't have yet, even though he hasn't pitched in a year and a half. Just the age, the maturity. I love the one thing he said. If I didn't have the Tommy John, I wouldn't have been there for the Padres. They no, wouldn't he have had me. He, they, they were projecting that he might be the first player taken before last year's draft this year if he hadn't had the Tommy John. Well, so. uh, exactly. And the other thing is when, you, when you're listening to a kid like that, two things come out. First of all, there's a character issue, obviously, right? right. I mean, you want to make sure the kid is a solid kid. Obviously, Sounds he a lot like his dad. Well, that's the other part of it, the pedigree, right? right? He's coming from a baseball family, and that makes a difference. Right. It, it really does. I, I mean, remember when Paul was here. I mean, it was yep. – when, when Paul was here, he set the record for most appearances by a Canadian uh, – pitcher in Major League Baseball <laughs> and when he was told of that record when he was told that he had set that mark his only response was I also think I've been mis visited by more managers than any other pitcher right yeah you get, the appearances. you get, yeah, you get the extra the visits asking for right. the ball yeah. <laughs> right. I love I love what he said I asked him you know what are you going to spend your first big league money on he didn't say a sports car a new house he's going to Chipotle just getting a meal that's right. it so I like the earth. sensibility yeah uh we're going to talk about tonight's game very quickly and that means checking a look taking a look at the lineup and of course having our head-to-head -head challenge Bill this is a chance for you to what, finally get did a win did you do this because you don't you what? know you don't want to risk the embarrassment of scans in this spot well he's seen my picks before and it is embarrassing. Both so of your we're picks have been embarrassing. Yeah, what are, what's your record? Winless. I am 0-1 with a pitcher that lasted one and two-thirds innings and allowed seven earned runs. Okay, so I think I'm 0-5. Neither of you guys can beat. You guys were a combined 0-5, so let's right. see if we can get you off the snide today, Bill. <laughs> It'll be this lineup presented by United Airlines, proud partner of the San Diego Padres. John Jay in center field, Will Myers at first base. Behind him, it's Matt Kemp in right. Then it's Angelo Solarte playing second with Melvin Upton Jr. in left. Brett Wallace plays third base and bat sixth. Behind him, Derek Norris, the resurgent Derek Norris catching. Alexei Ramirez, the shortstop, and Andrew Kashner will be taking the mound. Now, last time out, we didn't have this yesterday because there was no game, obviously. Uh, Blooper, with another Will Myers pick, has another win. What new? He's been riding the hot, bad, the hot bat, and why not? 32-19 to 19 now. It's a long season, but if you guys keep losing, it's going to be even longer. Killing and he's, it. He's, he has been killing it. Bloopers pick Will Myers seven of the last eight times. And one with all seven of those picks. Right. Except for one. One. There was one time he wasn't. Uh, the good news, though, is that you get the first pick today, Bill. Well, I'm just going to – my pick's going to be just predicated on making Blooper cry because he can't get his guy. So tell me you're taking Myers. <sighs> right. Please. I, now, I don't necessarily – now, I think that another player might have a better game today, but I'm just taking Myers so that – Blooper's got to cry and up. say, what am I going to do? Oh, I know what he's going to do. I think what he has to do. Blooper, where are you going? I'm going Matt Kemp. Of course. Uh, there yeah, you go. Colorado, that was that's I was smart. Gonna, I was thinking Derek <laughs> Norris. I was getting, really? Dino, he's been hot. He's been yeah. swinging a better yeah. bat. I, was, I mean, everyone this past week, when he keeps taking Myers, and Myers was having the best two weeks of his career maybe, and everyone kept refusing the pick. Not going to do it. I can't do it. I want to be original. Just pick the guy who's, you go know, with the winner. go with the guy who's yeah. crushing. I just, see, I, I figured this is going to change Blooper's entire year because now 
after he can't get Myers today, he's going to be so mentally messed up. That Either that or he's going to know, you know what, even when I don't get my man, I can go with Matt Kemp, who's hit like crazy, hitting like close to 400 lifetime with 41 bombs at Coors Field. So I, I think he's feeling pretty good about himself. I'm feeling so. great. Both of you guys are still winless, so I'm feeling pretty <laughs> That's good. That's true. Oh, wow. He's got a five-game winning streak and a couple of inept uh, yeah. prognosticators. Hey, when the, the show's couch. over and I get this headpiece off blooper, we're going at it, all right? Right. Te what, Two what, and one. What, what did Snoop teach you? What? What did Snoop Dogg teach you when he was here? Uh, break bread or, or fake break, dead. Yeah, get that tough, yeah. get that tough talk. <laughs> which, by the way, <laughs> which, by the way, I'm gonna be on, I'm, I'm gonna be on Seth like a cheap suit here in about 20 minutes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Got once it. we get all, once we get all, well, 30 minutes. We have to at least finish the show. First. Oh, do we? Yes. I mean, we, going straight don't we? Don't we have? Don't we have a, a backup? Uh, we can get down here if he can't continue. We don't want to back up. This is, you're the best we got. No, I'm talking about oh, him. Oh, for him. No, he's out of town, right? Big yeah, cheese? No, it's just me. Yeah, just uh -oh. we have no safety net, so okay. for my sake, please. Wait until at least the, the half hour. For the good of the over. team. We right. need him. All right, so tonight it's Will Myers for Bill and Matt Kemp for a blooper in the Supercuts head-to-head -head challenge. At Supercuts, they pay attention to every detail. The cut, the lines, the hot towel finish, so you can feel sharp, clean, and ready to go. Find a Supercuts near you at Supercuts. Com. When we come back, we'll get back to some draft talk because managing partner Peter Seidler is here. You don't want to miss that. Don't go far. This is Padres Social Hour. From analysis of what's happening on the field with your Padres to insights on everything MLB, we've got it right here. This is Padres Social Hour. Welcome back to Padres Social Hour. Padres are in Colorado getting set for that 540 first pitch against the Rockies, but we're here in the AMR studio and joining us now on what's been a very exciting week for the entire franchise, it's Padres managing partner Peter Seidler. Welcome back, Peter. How you been? Thanks, Mike. Great to be back, and it has been a uh, long and exciting week and uh, it's not over there's another full day of draft picks to come tomorrow that's the craziest thing to me after all the excitement and the talk of yesterday and today there's still another 30 rounds left of players for tomorrow it's a pretty important three days it's it's huge especially um this year for us because our uh the pool of money we have to spend in the draft is um four or five times of what, what it was last year we have more picks and with the picks come um, a um, amount of money to, s to spend on those picks. So it's, um, it's a day that I, I expect and hope we'll look, we'll look back on in a few years and, and um, say that it, ch it changed the future of the franchise and helped bring uh, many, many years of winning baseball. For me, this is my first time, obviously, at the big league level and going through a draft sort of from this side of it. And for me, it's been exciting just seeing all the, the hype from before and then actually watching the picks yesterday. And it's safe to say that this is the most exciting draft of your tenure with the Padres? Very true. And I, and I think um, but, but what you mentioned as far as the, the preparation, um, the, the days themselves are exciting and intense and, you know, in the, in the draft room, you know, you're hoping for player X to make it to your slot, and some do and some don't, and you have the ups and downs of that. And if the player makes it, you draft him. You know, if somebody else takes him a little bit ahead of you, it's really impressive how Preller and his team pivot. Okay, you know, we're not going to get this guy. Shall we take that guy or that guy? Um, but um, not just the draft days themselves, but the preparation that's gone on here you know, for it, it's it's a full year process, but yeah. the momentum builds. And for the past uh, 10 days or so here at Petco, 
we've had player workouts at 8 o'clock in the morning through mid-morning, and then all of our scouts and our player personnel people are in, the, in our draft war room from basically 10 a.m. till midnight. And even today with um, uh, all the, all the uh, picks that we've made, which ended about 4 o'clock, they'll be in that room uh, uh, today, this afternoon, this evening, until midnight again, preparing for tomorrow with the expectation that we're going to find some gems among those uh, 30 picks that we have tomorrow in the later rounds. And tomorrow is really the interesting day because you have like 30 seconds to make your pick. So you better have every, <laughs> a little rapid fire. You better have yeah. everything lined up because those names, your spot comes up really quick. You know, Peter, the draft yesterday was important, but it kicks off a very important month because uh, coming up July 1st, you have the international signing date starts, the international signing date period. And I know you guys are looking forward to being active in that too, that You've had, you've had your Latin American scouts going over everybody. So it's just not the draft. It's also the international signing period. It's a, it's a big summer for the Padres. Um, uh, we, you know, we hope when the uh, international signing window opens up in early July that we'll have the same level of excitement and, and the same uh, – um, magnitude in the group of players that we'll bring in that we've had here the past couple of days and which um, we'll add to tomorrow. Um, but the U.S. Amateur Draft is one thing and right. um, uh, the ability to start signing players again in the new um, international period that starts in July. Um, it's a different animal because it's not a draft. It's, it's negotiating with um, players and their representatives um, in, in the case of the international draft, as early as 16 years old. Right. So, um, and our knowledge and expertise in all over the world now, in places not just in uh, uh, Latin America, but in places like Korea and Japan, right. Far but, East. Right. but also um, you know Venezuela, Cuba, Dominican Republic. Um, as an organization, we believe we have as good a scouts as anybody, as good a player evaluators as anybody. And then equally important, once, once we get these young athletes into our system, uh, to have the development people that can teach these, um, you know, teenagers and young adults um, how to um, develop their baseball skills and their life skills, um, which are just as important. You know, we want to build... Um, high-character individuals as well as elite athletes and elite baseball Speaking players. Speaking of development, you've got to be <clears throat> pretty happy when you look at the overall picture, the how the lower teams in your uh, Fort Wayne and Lake Elsinore, they're all of a sudden, you've got a lot of movement. Players are moving quickly yeah. and making some marks down below. You've got to be pretty happy with the lower-level player development right now. I am. I, I think the, the plan that... Um, uh, Ron Fowler, myself, Mike D, um, started to put into place when we brought in AJ Preller. It's almost we're almost two years into that plan now, and it's working. And and um, I think, um, you know, I get a lot of feedback from fans and you know people that follow the game and follow the Padres, and they see that you know we've got a wave of talent now coming, and it's you know it's mostly at the A-ball level or below, but it's moving up into the system. Right. We're getting more players, um, th and, and, you know, 
as time goes on um, in double A and, and as a little more time goes on in triple A and then ultimately up here. And, um, you know, that's that's how an organization in baseball is built that can win for five, ten years consistently and be in the playoffs and knocking on the door of the playoffs and going deep into the playoffs. And that's the, you know, passion that, um, you know, we really have in this organization is and it's what our fans, you know, deserve and what we're waiting for. And, you know, we can see it coming now. Uh, take, me, take me back to the draft yesterday because some of these guys – we already have the ones we see moving in the minor league mm. system, but the ones that everyone's talking about now may still be a few years away. But what were your thoughts on the, the actual picks yesterday, the young men that are now potentially in the Padres organization? Uh, some unconventional picks, people were saying, but that's kind of what you guys are hoping for, right? Well, I, the, the conversation in the draft room is um, about getting the best athlete and the highest ceiling baseball player whether that player is um, a high school kid, a college kid, um, a pitcher, um, a position player. As you saw yesterday, um, uh, a couple of uh, players coming off Tommy John surgery, mm -hmm. which you know involves a, um, a, a deep analysis into what the medical history and what the outlook is. Um, uh, Cal Quantrill, the player that we took uh, with our first pick last year, um, arguably would have been a, you know, the first pick in the first round had For he sure. not had the, uh, the elbow problem. But um, that was 15 months ago. We've scouted him extensively. Um, we've spent a lot of time with him and his family personally getting to know the, you know, the individual as well as the baseball player and couldn't be more happier with that pick. And, and then uh, the other two first-round picks, we took a – a left-handed uh, college pitcher with, you know, just fantastic upside and a great resume. And, again, a high-character, great makeup guy. And, and then a 17-year-old um, high school shortstop, a kid who, um, yeah, you may know, but um, the last workout that he had for our scouts and our baseball operation people was yesterday morning, and that – you know, what, what we saw in that workout combined with what we had seen before uh, made us believers that he was a, uh, a first-round guy. And, and, um, but, you know, that, it also speaks to the thoroughness. We were, um, you know, working every angle, you know, up to the minute the draft started. And in the, in the case of um, Sanchez, that was, that was a workout here at our, ball, our ballpark uh, the morning of the first day of the draft. And incredible. And for me, a whirlwind, I can only imagine what it's like from your side. But the main thing, excitement and buzz. And these are kids that hopefully we see uh, on the backs of Padres jerseys here in a couple of years. We expect that. And from my side, frankly, it's fun and it's easy. Um, you know, I sit in the back of the room and observe and I learn and, and watch, um, you know, Preller and his lieutenants really <laughs> um, do the hard, hard work. Um, their tirelessness, I mean, the, the draft room itself is um, it's just fun to be in because you can these days walk in any time uh, at any time of the day and it's serious you know it, it's it's about you know it's discussing this player after that player after that player um, there's no wasted time you know this is critical to the future of our franchise 
And at the same time, in the back of the room, there's every junk food item imaginable <laughs> just to keep that, everybody that's going. That's why you're hanging out there. There we there go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Free buffet. That's all right. I got to start finding some, uh, right. some way to get there. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. Peter Seidler, thank you so much for taking the time. Mm. And, yeah, one more day. A lot of more names to be called. It should be great. exciting. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks, Mike. All right. Thank you, Peter. Peter. Domingo's right. Padres, presented by T-Mobile, returns on Sunday, June 19th, before the Padres take on the Nationals at 140. Discover Baja and Sample Eats inspired from Ensenada, Tijuana, Rosarito, and more. Check out the live entertainment and don't miss the family-friendly Kids Fest activities. Get tickets at Padres.com slash Domingo's Padres. When we come back, more draft talk. Mark Connor, Director of Amateur Scouting for the Padres, will join us. This is Padres Social Hour. We're talking Padres all season long. This is Padres Social Hour, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store. Welcome back on this draft week. It's been a big topic of conversation here on Padres Social Hour. And Peter Seidler just uh, joining us before and now joining us, Mark Connor, the director of amateur scouting and the man who's uh, been right there with A.J. Preller. We see you in all the shots. We see you in all the interviews. Uh, you must be exhausted. Or are you still on adrenaline? I mean, take <laughs> us through your mind right now. Excited. Excited for the day, but uh, pretty tired. I mean, it's been uh, a long year. I mean, it's not just the last few days. It's, uh, it's been a long process that our scouts have gone through, and I think we're all tired and looking ready to make some good picks tomorrow and take a little little rest but, but this is like your christmas day for the scouting department right i mean you mentioned it. this is a whole year's worth of work culminating down to these couple of days and uh, super exciting is it is it panning out the, the way you guys had sort of anticipated yeah i mean honestly it's uh how the picks have come i mean i feel like we have gotten six guys that have first round talent within the first 10 10 rounds and to me that's a tremendous draft and it's goes to show basically how our guys worked and how they identified guys and the work they did to get to know them and allow us to pick them. Yep. I love the, the quote you had last night. You know, a lot of people saying that you guys were taking a lot of high-risk picks or some outside-the-box picks, and you said if other people see guys as a risk, they didn't do the same work as us. I love that bravado that you guys <laughs> have the comfort and the confidence that you took the guys you wanted. Is there anybody in particular that you think maybe other people see as a reach but that you guys are most excited out of that first day yesterday? that you were really happy you got? I mean, I think everybody looks at, there's 30 teams that look at it 30 different ways. I mean, some people would say Cal Quantrill because he had Tommy John is a, is a risk. And to us, it's, we did our work. Like, I mean, he, we saw the rehab, we spent time with him. To us, it wasn't a risk based on the person and his ability, uh, plus their medical reviews. Then you say Hudson Sanchez, somebody the industry may not have had ranked that high, but if you spend time with him, you get to know him as a person, you understand how young he is, you understand his ability, his skill set, and the potential that this young man has, it's not a reach. I mean, there's a lot of strategy that goes into it, and people within the industry are texting us right after those picks saying, what a tremendous, like, steals. I mean, it's all, 30 different teams look at 30 different ways. Yeah, and one of the picks that I liked, Reed Buddy. I mean, to me, that sort of falls into the category also of, hey, maybe you didn't hit as well as you may have anticipated, but as a scouting department, that's where you, you figure out, okay, what can be fixed? What can we see here? What is the true ceiling of a kid like that? And that goes on throughout the draft all the way down past the first day, certainly, even more so in the second and third days, I would imagine. No question. I mean, the one thing I can say is, like, when you look at these players, I mean, there's no perfect players out there. Yep. I mean, there's, they all have things to do to work on to come play out here every single day, you know, for a big league club. Buddy Reed has a legitimate body. He's a legit athlete. He can run. He can throw and he can defend. You know, there's been questions with the bat, but he has 
certain components to his hitting that are going to allow him and give him the opportunity to hit at the major league level. Yep. Got a couple he's of an questions. exciting player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we talked about him at the top of the show, just the tools alone. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's flash. He looks like he's got a lot of great potential. A couple of questions coming in from our fans on Twitter here. Uh, Paul asking, are you strictly looking for players that are three to four years out of the bigs, maybe someone like a Buddy Reed who projects as a project, or possibly something sooner? Eric Lauer, we've already discussed, thinks he could be in the big leagues next year. How do you guys balance, all right, this is tools, this is maybe a 17-year-old, or this is a guy that can be here on a fast track? You know, I mean, I think it all goes into the equation of each individual player. Like, I mean, just because Eric Lauer can get to the big leagues maybe quicker than others, we shouldn't not look at him. Or if it takes a guy a couple years, we shouldn't look at him. I mean, each player is truly individual. So if he, Eric Lauer is getting to the big leagues quickly, that's a good thing. Sure. That means he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's going to take a few years for a guy to get there, like, that's the normal path. I mean, it does, we're not looking at getting guys here quick or, you know, taking a long development. Like, we're expecting to accelerate the process of the gifted. So we're hoping to get them in and push them. You know, Mark, when I, I got drafted, I remember talking to some other scouts and other organizations, and, and they would complain that, you know what, we bring this talent in, and they'd say, off the record, we don't have the confidence in our development system to do what we think these kids can do. I mean, and for you, it's got to be comforting to know there have been a lot of changes in the minor league system. You feel like, hey, we can bring in young talent that needs help because we've got the coaching staff now to build these guys up into big league players. No question. I mean, I think first and foremost, like, when AJ came over, like the culture he wanted to create of all of us communicating and the relationships that we have from department to department and work together, like uh, that is definitely in place in this organization. I mean, I have constant dialogue with Sam Gini and the coordinators within our, our player development, knowing what our players are doing, strengths, weaknesses, so we can relay that back to our scouts. Yep. And kind of it's a good learning process, both, both for the player development and for ourselves, to know what's working and we can kind of grow together. When AJ Preller was on this show earlier in the week, you know, I asked him a sort of a twofold question. One, where do you see holes in the organization to plug? And then two, what's the strategy going in in terms of the profile of player you want to get? And he said high level starting pitching was something this organization was lacking. But then he also said we're taking the best player on the board no matter where they play. Ends up, 10 of your first 13 picks are starting pitchers. How much of that was a priority of filling in an organizational weakness, and how much of it was you feel that it was pitchers the best that you were getting every time your pick came around? I mean, honestly, I think that it was the best player available. Um, you know, not one time did it enter my mind, like, we need pitching. I mean, from AJ's standpoint of being the general manager, he is looking maybe to fill at the big league level. My, From my standpoint, like, and our scouts, we're just trying to, add talent and whatever that talent is whatever position it is like we need to add it so pitching position players didn't matter to me just want to take the best player you know t going back to the number one pick with with Quantrill obviously people understand the character of this young man also how as important is it for you with your amateur scouts not only that they can sit there and evaluate the physical skills but understand you know what's the makeup of this kid and how important is that in your decision making process I mean it's honestly it's paramount I yeah. mean like you can have the most ability on the field, but if if your makeup's lacking and you yeah. can't consistently, first of all, if you don't compete on the field, you can't handle adversity, you don't have passion for the game, you can't, you have off the field issues that hinder your ability to get on the field, those things will limit your, your ability to reach your ceiling. And we've seen it happen with many players that are extremely talented that have had makeup issues, never reached the big leagues, and guys that have made the big leagues 
fall short of their true ceiling. True. All right. Mark Connor, thank you very much. You still got a busy day tomorrow to get ahead. So <laughs> best of luck. And uh, looking good. I know AJ likes those flashy sport coats when you're standing next to him there at the press conferences. <laughs> but you hold <laughs> your own, I must say. I appreciate it. Mark, Mark Connor, thank you very much. Good luck tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. We're back to wrap things up. This is Padres Social Hour. Get ready for every Padres game with us. Coming to you from inside the team store at Petco Park, this is Padres Social Hour. Well, that hour went by like that. Look at he split, yeah, huh? When you right. get when you get three guys in, they're getting set over at Coors Field. Uh, thank you again to Cal Quantrill, who we taped an interview with last night, uh, Peter Seidler and Mark Connor, all for stopping by. You know, when you think about all three of those guests today, each one of them, this is such an exciting day. Obviously, Cal number one pick, right? right. I mean, Absolutely. that's a huge day for him. him. For Peter, this is a paramount day for the organization, really. I mean, this is a turning point. You, you are establishing the next four, five, six years of Padre success on a draft day like this. And for Mark, this is what he prepares for all season right. long. So this, this is his. It was exciting. This is have, his Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I was excited to have all three of those guys on. And by the way, we're not done because tomorrow at 11:30, right? Yeah, 11:30, we're, we're back, back on. Randy <laughs> Jones and Derek Togerson. Also, Hudson Sanchez. We had an interview with him last night, so we're going to hear from him. He was the number two Padre pick. Can hit. He can. 17 years old. It's right. weird talking to a kid who's 17. Yeah. Young. Also, drafted yesterday. Yeah, and yeah. also Eric Lauer. We are taping with him, nice. and we're going to have him over the weekend as well. So you will hear exclusively. I think we're the only ones getting them one on one right here on Padre Social Hour from the top three drafts. And we talked to Lauer. Just get it, go ahead and get his uniform sizes and everything ready because I think right. evidently he's, he's the first one on the way. That's, yeah. that's what we think. Might yeah. as well. Uh, quickly, by the way, an RIP to Gordy Howe. Mr. Hockey passed mm. away today. Unbelievable. His first season in the NHL, 1946. His last yep. NHL game, 1980. Hey, all you need to know, Wayne Gretzky, the one they called the great one, said he was the greatest player right. in war number 99 in honor of him. Right wing on the production line. Yep. Greatest line in the history of the NHL. Unbelievable. Thank you guys again. We're back tomorrow at 1130 with Randy Jones, Derek Togerson, Padres and Rockies coming up. Thank